Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. Question for you. What would you do if your state capitol erected a monument to Satan during the Christmas season? Would you talk about it? Would you ignore it? Would you give it publicity? Would you destroy it? Well, I don't know if you know what I'm referring to, but this happened in Iowa, the state of Iowa. And a group that has a that is part of the satanic church erected a monument to Satan, an altar to Satan during this month here of December. It created quite a controversy, as you might well expect. Are you kidding me? An altar to Satan in our state capital? And yet it was permitted under the the uh because of religious freedom, or the excuse as religious freedom. Now, the governor of Iowa is a pretty good governor, and uh, Kim Reynolds, and she decried it, she opposed it, she was against it, but she said they had the right to do it because of religious freedom. And evidently, the state legislators, who I don't know any of whom uh, spoke in favor of it, they spoke in favor of allowing it because of the freedom of religion. Is that really, should they have done that? This whole thing, I think, could have been averted much earlier had people had a more creative and a, a creative uh, idea of how to attack and how to uh, argue things legally. In my mind, this is a pretty simple case. These people say outright they don't even believe in Satan. It's pretty obvious they would put up their display. I can't prove this for sure, but I think it could have been proven. They put up their display not because they believe in Satan, not because they want an altar to Satan, not because they want to worship Satan, but because they want to mock Christianity and the idea of us putting up manger scenes, nativity scenes, on public property during the Christmas season. Indeed, our country, we have menorahs are put up during Hanukkah. Uh, crushes, uh, nativity scenes are put up during Christmas time, and uh, and these radical secularists have been opposed to that for some time. They they're the ones who've tried to sue and say you can't do this. And when the courts ruled that yes they can, it seems like their response has been okay. Well then we'll put up our display and we'll make you feel bad because we're going to essentially we don't really believe this, but we want to mock. Christianity. And I think they put up their their beliefs, their core beliefs, but it's pretty clear. I think they've said out loud, we don't believe in Satan. They didn't believe in God. They don't believe in the supernatural. They're humanist. They're humanist that want to attack and undermine the Christian faith. To me, that would have been a pretty good argument to say this shouldn't have been allowed up there. We don't allow, I don't think we would allow other people in the name of religion to mock or ridicule other people other people's beliefs, other pe- people's—can uh, you imagine had we put out, had someone say, we have a religion that that uh, says people of color are evil, and so we're going to put up a display calling them evil? I, I can't imagine that would have been allowed. I can't imagine there would have been allowed a display that would have called LGBT people evil. I can't imagine that that would have been allowed. And uh, and And by the way, Maybe so. Maybe maybe should not. I, this should not have been done. This should not have been done. Secondly, I think there could have been a pretty big argument that this is treason. That's right. 
Our nation is a nation, we say in our pledge, we are a nation under God. Our founding documents, the Constitution, says our rights come to us from God. Satan is the adversary of God. Satan is the opponent of God. Satan, it's particularly during the season of Christianity, of Christmas, Satan should be seen, he's the enemy of God. It would be like, to me, it would be like, would they have allowed a, a Nazi display to be put up during World War II? Would they uh, allow a, a, a radical uh, jihadi display to be put up, a radical jihad calling for jihad being put up, say, right after 9-11? I think not. I think their sensibilities would have said that this, we've got to figure away, this is not freedom of speech, this is treason. And freedom of speech does not allow for treason. Indeed, you say treason? I mean, we're not a theocracy. No, we're not a theocracy, but we are a nation under God. We are a nation who believes we have certain fundamental freedoms granted to us by our Creator. Not by Satan. Satan is the enemy of our creator. That's the claim. That's what the word means, the adversary. I think you could have made that argument. Well, what happened? There was a lot of people talked about it. A lot of legislators said, I'm appalled by it. Christians gathered and had prayer meetings around it. Some people, I think, stood in front of it so it couldn't be seen. They sang. They opposed it. They preached to anyone who came by. Those are—I applaud every one of those courageous people who did that. But I also want to applaud the fella, and I've forgotten his name off the top of my head here, but he's a veteran, a Christian, who ran for Congress, did not win, but ran for Congress in Mississippi, and he said his conscience— guided him. He'd had enough. He'd had enough. And he went there to uh, the state house in Des Moines, and he decapitated that Satan statue. He was, in the words of Charlie Kirk and Turning Point USA, he was a Satan slayer. And after he destroyed the exhibit, he had the integrity to go to the police and turn himself in. See, this is what you do when you have conscientious objection you realize that I, I may be breaking a law, but it's a law that needs to be broken. Something needs to be done here. And if it's against the law, I'm willing to pay the price. And I think that is heroic. I think it's heroic to stand up for something you believe in, something that is right. It's don't violence to no one. No one is hurt by this. And then to be willing to say, okay, I broke the law and I'm willing to pay the consequences for standing up for doing what I believe was right and an act of conscience here. And indeed, he will be found guilty. He's, he's going to confess to it. Probably won't even be a trial. And he'll probably have some fine, which I imagine his GoFundMe page has already more than paid for, would be my guess. But I want to applaud this fellow for what? He did something. He did something. You know, Scripture says, let's look at a couple of verses here. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. I really do, in my humble opinion, I really do believe the state leaders, the state attorney general should have figured out a way that this could have been avoided at the beginning. And, and I don't know that they went to court. I did not, I've not read that they were ordered by the court to allow this in, but at least to have made them be challenged in the court, and to make the arguments that I've been saying here. The purpose of this was to mock a Christian faith. The purpose of this 
was not a good. This is not what they, these people, they don't believe in Satan. They don't believe in Satan. And like I said, it's treason, I believe, against if there is, if, if we are a nation under God, then to put an altar to Satan right in the state capitol, I think is treasonous. They could have done that, I believe, and they, they didn't, and they lacked the courage. Now, I believe that it's important that we speak up, but sometimes it's important that someone do something. I don't think everyone is called to do something. But I'm, I applaud that this fellow who felt he was did something. And it's important we do that. Why? Because when we give way before the wicked, what happens? Look at what Scripture says in Proverbs 25. Like a trampled spring and a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. How? Tr- what's a polluted well like? It, it's not clean water anymore. It's now it's dirtied, muddied water. Or trampled spring is now muddied water. You can't see clearly. It's no longer effective. It's no longer drinkable. And it's and it's 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 been polluted. And I think what this is saying, when a righteous man gives way, when a righteous man gives way before the wicked, we become like that. I remember once I was preaching on campus at the at West Virginia University. And as sometimes happens, there was a person kind of like these people. I don't know. I'm obviously not the same group as West Virginia, but, you know, kind of the same type beliefs, the same type of person who, when I was preaching, uh, this person was out there. Uh, I think it was a guy, probably a trans person in those days, was out there drawing pentagrams wherever I would walk, wherever I stood, got down and, and, and chalked so that ever, wherever I'd be, I'd be standing on a pentagram a, a, uh, satanic symbol. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were bothered by this. They were disturbed by it. Thought, well, this is his right to this right to freedom of expression and so on. And then he wrote something and there's, there's a big crowd around. Then he wrote something about Jesus that was very blasphemous, something very ugly that he said about Jesus. He wrote it on the chalk. And I remember that a number of Christians, you know, I spoke against it. A number of the Christians in the audience, and there were a lot of them, I mean, the Christians in West Virginia University, there's a lot of them there, kind of uh, uh, were aghast. <gasps> How could he say such a thing? And they were bothered by it, obviously, and aghast by it. But then a Muslim fellow stepped out of the crowd. Now, Muslims do think highly of Jesus. They think he's one of the great prophets. They don't believe he's the son of God. They do believe he's one of the great prophets. And this Muslim fella, who was not as big as the... Uh, as the the Satanist fella, he got up in his face and he said, don't you dare do that. You erase that right now. That's wrong. And and he made it pretty clear that if that guy didn't act on it, if he didn't get down and erase what he'd said about Jesus, um, we didn't know the next step that was going to happen. Was that right? Was that wrong? Well, I don't know. I'll tell you this, it, it, you never like to see something go to violence, but you appreciate when someone takes action. And my guess is if that guy would have demanded him take response and if, and done something physical and been willing to pay the price, been willing to say, I stood up for what I believe to be right, and I'm willing to pay the price. Folks, I think we're coming to a day where somehow this is, this is what's we are going to be facing as Christians. 
more and more we're going to have to ask, where's the line between where I stay silent, maybe to keep my job or to keep on social media or to keep from being canceled? Where's the line before I will speak up? And where's the line where maybe I need to do something? Maybe I need to do something. I commend the Christians in Des Moines who spoke up, who used this as an opportunity for evangelism, who, who used this as an opportunity to pray and to cry out to God and to repent on behalf of their state and to call their state to repentance and to call our country to repentance. I commend them for standing up like that. But I also commend this fellow who said, I feel led to go a step further, and I'm willing to pay the price for it because this is wrong. I won't give way. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to allow this to stand. This is treason. This is a man who'd risked his life. This is a man who's a veteran. I think you have a degree of moral authority about what is right and wrong if you have really paid the price or been willing to pay the price for our freedoms. And, uh, and so I commend him in that. Reminded of one last quote that I ran across here recently. I won't read the whole thing, but it's, it's basically of Theodore Dalrymple, who wrote that in his study of communism, he was concluded that their things they said were never really designed to persuade people to believe it. They weren't designed to argue their point. They were designed to humiliate those who disagreed. And therefore, he said the more bizarre their claim and the more the people had to stay silent in light of that claim or even embrace the claim and say it out loud themselves, all the better. The more bizarre the claim, all the better. Not that anyone, obviously people wouldn't believe it, but it showed that the people were being subjected. The people were being humiliated. The people had to say, speak up and say what they did not believe to be true or else they'd be punished for it. And my friends, more and more, we're seeing this in our country. This is why the the debacle of the the Harvard, MIT, and Penn presidents, the more the debacle of what went on there when they would not condemn a call for genocide against the Jews. This is why uh, these pornographic books that are in our schools more and more, and people are standing up for, or or people are saying, yeah, we're going to have these pornographic books, and you need to just quiet down, or you're going to be called a domestic terrorist. This is why more and more the bizarre, what is a man, what is a woman, men can have babies, women, women, you know, all these different things that you and I are being called to subject ourselves to. Well, you know it's not true. You know it's not right, but it's a matter of humiliating us and subjecting us. And so I commend those who stand up against it. And I urge you to pray for me, because when I'm on campus— when I preach on campus, when I speak on these YouTube, I know that there are things that are that are expected to be said, political, politically correct things that are not true. And believe me, sometimes I say, we're, we're in my sphere, and I'm not out to alienate people, but I refuse to bow before lies. I refuse to tell lies. And I refuse to let people tell them to me and expect I will be quiet and believe them. No, our gospel, our, our, our religion is based on the truth of Jesus Christ. Once truth is surrendered, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Shall we pray about it? Father in heaven, I pray today 
that in our culture, in our world, that we would be people right here on this live stream, and whatever influence any of us have, we would be people who call good good and evil evil. We stand against the darkness and we promote the light. We stand against evil and we stand up for what's good, right, and true. Give us wisdom in this, Father. Help us know how to not alienate people unnecessarily, but also not how to subject to be subjected and humiliated for standing for what's true and get to the place where we just uh, are afraid to say what is true out of fear of being punished. Lord, I pray today that we would not become like a trampled spring or polluted well. Oh, Lord, raise up people in our country. Raise up people in our churches. Raise up people in our land who will be clear on what's good and right. Help us to know. Raise up leaders like this, and might we follow their example. We pray for revival in our land, Lord. We, we know that's the, the, the these battles are not court battles or political battles. These are battles of what's true and right, and it's a demonic battle of which we're fighting against spiritual powers. And we know, Lord, the answer is the Word of God. We know the answer is the gospel. We know the answer is courageous Christian people. We ask you to give us a whole bunch of them, Lord. Conversion, salvations, people standing up for what's true, and people uh, coming to that faith in Jesus Christ. We cry out for it. Give us wisdom. Give us uh, persuasive communication, and give us courage as we speak in love and faith, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, God bless you. I love applying the Word of God to our daily life, and that's what we do here. We talk about the Word of God, and if something comes up in the news that's very particular, we try and apply it. I hope you join us regularly. We come here every day, 8.30 a.m. live, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time live, talk about the Word or how it applies to our lives. But you can listen later in the day or even listen to the watch later in the day or even listen to the podcast on the Apple Spotify or Google platforms. Just search for Tom the Preacher. Can I mention, we have a match going on this weekend, a year-end fundraising match just this weekend between now and Sunday midnight. If you're listening to this, if you like what we do and you'd like to support our ministry, go to TomThePreacher.com. Click on the donate button at the top and donations given by midnight Sunday will be matched and doubled your your donation go twice as far okay thanks for your support thanks for your prayers i love you guys so glad to have the chance to share the word with you god bless you we'll see you tomorrow bye-bye